Hey, hello there and welcome to the Bitcoin Takeover podcast. I am Vlad and today I have a special interview with Sergey Kotliar, who is the CEO of BitRefill. And you probably know BitRefill if you're watching this and it's very likely that you bought some gift cards. But lately they have been in the, in the middle of a campaign to save the bankers because they're doing so well that they're afraid that this profession might go extinct. So they're very nice people. They also have some of the nicest shoes that actually pay for themselves with some sort of Bitcoin mining ASIC that's in the box. And he's going to have to explain how that works. But most importantly, they keep on adding services and now you can even pay bills in the United States. There's a lot going on and there's a lot to discuss. And I'm really happy that I finally have him on the Bitcoin Takeover podcast. I had him before on other interviews for other outlets. But now, Sergey, it's really good to have you. So what's going on with BitRefill? What's the latest news that you want to talk about now and then we can backtrack? Yeah, well, uh, thanks, man. Uh, I think you, you laid out the whole story. Uh, every, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, you know, both from, uh, you know, the uh, campaign uh, viral marketing activism, whatever, but also uh, the nitty gritty of, uh, like you said, adding more things. Uh, you know, uh, we're we're focused the way we've been for seven years now on, uh, you know, making it possible to to live on crypto, to live on Bitcoin. Uh, and to buy whatever it is that you want to buy with your coins. And uh, we're, uh, to my knowledge, we're the, the largest uh, service uh, for all categories where people uh, sp uh, spend the Bitcoin on things that are not shitcoins. Uh, and, uh, uh, and we're now at a point where we're thinking really hard about how to grow the pie. You know, because uh, uh, we're we're doing quite well as a company, but in the big scheme of things, uh, in the big scheme of you know, hundred million Coinbase users, uh, the circular economy part is is small, right? Even if no matter if you look at the Bitcoin part or the broader crypto part, uh, it, it's still small. And so we, we're we're spending a lot of effort experimenting on like. Okay, we need to get this to grow to a bigger audience, and so we we need to uh, do things that get attention and, and uh, an appeal. And you know, we're in the business of making making uh, tech that is really reliable, right? And reliable is also boring, right? Uh, by definition, I mean exciting technology is. The definition of it is that it doesn't really work yet, right? Uh, and we're in the business of making really reliable stuff, uh, which is great. But uh, you know, it doesn't. You know, hey, I can buy gift cards from a Bitcoin. It's not what people wake up for in the morning. And so we're, we're trying to like uh, figure out uh, how to make the circular economy uh, appealing, you know, and fun. Uh, for people to be part of, and so, so yeah, we've been doing a lot of this uh, uh, outside of our usual uh, things, uh, campaigns. I'm happy to talk about those, and uh, and yeah, and uh, the most recent product news is we, we launched uh, bill payments in in the US of A. Uh, it's a it's a service that we previously only had in El Salvador. Uh, now we have it in two countries: El Salvador and US of A. Uh, there's going to be more coming up. Uh, you should expect that. Um, 
but yeah so now you can uh, use your bitcoin to buy to pay for your your credit card bill your mortgage your life insurance your social security uh, your student debt uh, whatever you got yeah basically so it's a big step for uh, american uh, bitcoiners to be able to to cut the card let's say and to start uh, actually uh, living uh, much more on uh, uh, in the circular economy. Yeah, and before Bernie Sanders come up comes up with the idea to print more bitcoins to pay the student debt of everyone in the United States via bit refill. Yeah, well, Bernie, you know where to find us. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, why save the bankers? I did see your campaign. It's very compelling. It's te- it's tear jerking. You read it and you're like. These people have been the elites for so such a long time, like hundreds of years. You had emperors, and then you had these aristocrats, and then you had the bourgeoisie. But the bankers have been kind of a constant for the last maybe 500 years. And now we're making them obsolete. And they have a very high maintenance lifestyle that we need to help them keep, right? And... I did notice that you can donate on some sort of, I think it was a GoFoundMe page or something like that. And you say that you don't accept small amounts because they're insulting to the lifestyle of a banker. So what's that about? Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, you know, uh, the bankers are the the bourgeoisie of of our time. And, uh, you know, I think if you think about it, like the, the true beauty in history, the Versailles, the Taj Mahal, you know, these things were always built by the kings or the royalty or the bourgeoisie or the ultra rich. Yeah, right. And so if uh, if we get rid of that uh, that class of uh, of uh, of uh, people and, and businesses, then you know we're going to lose out on a lot of the beauty. And so we raised uh, this uh, uh, this uh, campaign where uh, we went down to El Salvador uh, in uh, in November of last year, and uh, you know collected funds you know from the people of El Salvador to to save uh, the bankers and uh, and their and their amazing lifestyle. Um, and uh, so we 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 run a we ran a GoFundMe. Um, it actually got shut down uh, because GoFundMe didn't. Uh, I don't know if they thought it wasn't serious or if uh, they don't believe uh, that uh, the bankers are actually worth saving. So yeah, but the campaign goes on and now it's uh, it's crypto only. <laughs> yeah, but you can still donate through Bitrefill um, to to support the bankers uh, who's who we we. Uh, not uh, as bit refill, but we the Bitcoiners uh, are now uh, endangering. Uh, you know, maybe they're going to have to have regular jobs. Uh, oh. You know, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah. I mean, if you're watching this and you haven't, uh, go to www.savethebankers.com and and watch the video where we kind of explain the whole thing in uh, in much better detail. I, uh, I very much recommend it. Yes, you should save a banker, like adopt one, except that you don't take him into your home. You basically pay for him to stay in fancy hotels with cocaine and hookers and all of that lifestyle that needs to be preserved because otherwise it's going to go away and you're going to miss it. So what about the other stuff about the shoes? There were like five pairs of shoes that you made and you said that they come into a box that actually is a Bitcoin miner. You keep it plugged. 
I think if you keep it plugged for like 10 years, you can actually pay for the shoes. It's much longer than that. You know, you need to keep it plugged for a very, 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 very long time. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, mining is a lottery, so, you know, fingers crossed and <laughs> you might just get it. Uh, but yeah, you know, we, we, we also made a, a sneaker actually with, uh, it was in a, in a partnership with uh, uh, NBA player Spencer Dinwiddie from the uh, Dallas Mavericks who uh, reached out to do a thing and we were like, yeah, we want to do a sneaker, are you in? Like, yes. So we, we built uh, uh, this sneaker that has like a LED display on the side uh, of the whole uh, show. It's pretty cool and it shows you like the Bitcoin price in real time. It has like a, a little 3G modem and like we had to code the custom protocol to be like because it has global roaming as well yeah but it has, has to use very little data so we like built yeah that whole thing and a little battery and uh, so it's a, it's you know it's more of a you know like the concept cars uh, that you see uh, in, a, in, a, in a car show yeah it's not something that uh, we're ready to the mass production of uh, it's a fun project you know celebrating all of the all of the unreasonable things um, that that we do in this space, uh, uh, not because they're useful, uh, but because they're fun. And that is what makes it cool as well, yeah, right? Uh, so is, is it the best sneaker? No. Should it play a basketball game? No, <laughs> yeah, you know, but it looks fucking cool. Uh, and uh, it's a bit of a work of technical marvel. Um, I, I, I didn't build it myself. There's a whole crew of, uh, of people working on all sides of it and the data endpoints. And so it has, uh, yeah, it shows you, uh, it can show you the block height and there's like a little app you can control. Yeah, it shows you the price. It can show you the price of Bitcoin or the block height and a couple of other things. It will change color at one million. Yeah, yeah, you read the read the uh, the, white the, uh, the white paper exactly. Well, it's, um, so yeah, uh, uh, why did we do that again? Because we're normally our day to day is in the business of creating things that are boring and reliable, uh, and so now we guess what? We built a shoe that is uh, exciting because you know it's tricky and it sometimes doesn't work as well <laughs> and so on and that's what makes it exciting uh, but it's also a celebration of you know things like I mean the block clock uh, the Moscow time clock and all of these other projects that are also like not mega useful right that's not what they're for but it's like a piece of art you know art's not useful but it is valuable in itself and so yeah, and so we did that thing it was fun to collaborate with the gang on doing something very outside of our our normal day-to-day uh, -day of, uh, you know, uh, bitcoins and gift cards and stuff. and hard money. There is no fiat on-ramp or off-ramp and you get to diversify your Bitcoin portfolio into gold or silver when you sense that a bearish moment is coming. 
Also, you can instantly trade your gold for Bitcoin to buy the dip. And if you're into gold custody, Voltoro can also send you the gold that you own directly from their insured Swiss vaulting facilities. Voltoro was launched in the aftermath of the Mt. Gox hack. So since 2015, they have published monthly glass books to prove that they own all the gold reserves and all of their customers' money. Sign up today by going to voltoro.com slash Bitcoin Takeover. Keep in mind that this is not financial advice and you are responsible for your own decisions. Wasabi Wallet is the perfect Bitcoin privacy wallet. It's free, it's open source, it's available on Windows, macOS, and Linux, and it offers groundbreaking Chamian coin joins, which makes your Bitcoin. Even if you do not use the coin join feature, you still benefit from a trustless experience with block filters, a hidden IP address via Tor, and easy management of your wallet outputs. After you deal with KYC exchanges like Coinbase, like Kraken, Binance, Gemini or Bitfinex, you can remove the association between your identity and your Bitcoin address by performing a few rounds of coin joins. To find out more about the privacy benefits and limitations of coin joins, listen to Bitcoin Takeover Podcast Season 6 Episode 6 with Max Hillbrand. And if you want to give Wasabi a try, go to wasabiwallet.io and download the wallet for free. Wasabi Wallet, a Bitcoin privacy wallet for the citadels. I guess you should do that when you started playing, not before you stopped. But it was very professional. I'm gonna edit it. So, is there any way I can bribe you into getting one of these five pairs of shoes? Like, how much Bitcoin should one guy pay to get one of these wacky pairs of sneakers? There's uh, no, there's uh, unfortunately. Well, I guess, I mean, you can try, but it's going to be a lot. Um, they're, uh, again, very limited edition. We're uh, going to um, lottery out uh, one of them and... Um, so yeah, um, it's one of these things that we all, I, I don't even have a pair. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, it's one of these things that are, you know, we, we can observe their beauty, but we cannot have it. It's like the, oh. the Mona Lisa. Sounds like my dating life. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway. You, you can pay with lightning to stream it. If you <laughs> Yes, about Lightning. You have all of these Tor channels that you can buy. And I know that they have become more reliable over time. And also BitRefill, since I last interviewed you in September of 2019, BitRefill has become a much bigger player in Lightning. At the time you told me that you opened your first channel of one Bitcoin. Since then, I think you have several, like a dozen Bitcoins in Lightning channels. What is the plan? I know that you route a lot of transactions, you receive lots of transactions over Lightning, 
but you also seem to become one of the biggest players in the Lightning space. So what's the plan for that? Do you just want to collect routing fees or do you see like a bigger game in which you can actually rent channels and basically help Lightning scale because not everyone can open a channel on the main chain due to the limited block space? Well, there's there's a lot of interesting questions in, in there. To be honest, I think the big thing with Lightning is getting more people to use it. Uh, because even among the Bitcoiners, you know, uh, Lightning is still, you know, a small single digit percent uh, of them that uh, that use it on a day to day. So uh, I think that the most valuable thing that we can do for Lightning is just to build a really good gift card product that people want to buy uh, things uh, with their coins. And it is the number one thing in the world that people buy with Lightning uh, by volume. Uh, and uh, but it's still it's still small in the big picture of it, and 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 so uh, where our energy is now is growing it and getting it uh, into the hands of people, and that is a marketing problem. Uh, it need we need to get people excited about uh, about uh, the circular economy and all of that stuff. That's why I keep going on about it. You know the routing and the channels. Yeah, sure. You know we can we we do that, and technical problems are, can be solved when there's a pressure of people that want to use a thing it's the best thing ever to iron out uh, any technical kinks um, so so yeah we, we have the Tor channels uh, they're working well I mean uh, that bit refill has grown on lightning well everything has grown on lightning I mean I think we were a big chunk of the lightning network uh, when it started and we're a big chunk of it now uh, probably the same in, in proportion um, but everything has grown obviously uh, tremendously yeah. So. So yeah, and, and I mean, you should also expect that Bitrefill will make more things like Thor, uh, these uh, utility services uh, for uh, for people that that uh, want to live in the uh, in the Lightning ecosystem and uh, uh, and also if they want to be like a you know first class run your own node uh, self custody uh, type person uh, as well so there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline um, but there's a lot of stuff to do and we're still a relatively small team so it's always like a challenge uh, of uh, where we put our our energy there's no uh, luckily there's no shortage of, uh, of ideas <laughs> I know that Bitrefill has this very friendly approach which allows anyone to dump their shit coins on you in exchange for gift cards and you also, maybe you're not happy about the way I presented, but anyway, I wanted to ask you which percentage of transactions come from Bitcoin and Lightning as compared to, uh, I know that you have Litecoin and Dogecoin and some other options. Yeah, well, I mean, Bitcoin and Lightning together are, you know, just over 40%, something like that. Um, uh, and it's, uh, it didn't used to be like that. It used to be 80, 90%. Um, and uh, I think you know we've seen a lot of uh, growth in. Uh, I think, I mean, Ethereum has grown with the whole DeFi movement, and uh, and if you look at that world, you know, it's much more, you know, aligned with a lot of. I mean, uh, we don't uh, we have, didn't start like I talked about this in my presentation a lot on the conference, um, how you know there you can be. 
uh, in the Bitcoin community, you can be a great Bitcoiner and never have a Bitcoin wallet. Uh, right, uh, uh, because we have a lot of diff different values and ideals, and you stack sats and you hodl. Uh, uh, but it doesn't, uh, it's not a big part for, for many Bitcoiners in the community to actually have a wallet and pay people and get paid and so on. Here in Parallel in Polnus, it's different, right? Here, everybody's all in this. This is why uh, I love this place. Um, but if you think about like the in, in the Ethereum world, like the values are like I oh, should do DeFi stuff, and how do you do DeFi stuff? Well, you do it in in the wallet, in the MetaMask or in the Exodus wallet, uh, and so guess what? Those wallets are really big. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's growth in that. There's a big growth in stable coins. I mean, uh, uh, Tether is massive in Latin America, and it's mostly being transferred over Tron, um, uh, which. You know, who would have thought that? But that is what people are using. And so uh, our attitude from BitRefill is that, you know, we don't encourage anybody to buy any shitcoin. Uh, we never have and never will. Um, but hey, where there is people that, would, that want to use things, we, we try to take a, a pragmatic approach uh, and be where, where the, the users are. Uh, you're basically giving everyone possibly the last chance to dump their shitcoins before it's too late and they'll all go to zero. Maybe. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, that's fair. Um, but, I mean, you know, people who don't like Bitcoin would say the same about Bitcoin. So, yeah, so uh, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, hey, what kind of a shit internet money is it we're building here if you can actually buy stuff with it, right? Um, and, and that's what we're trying to fix. And we're, we're doing this for Bitcoin. Our heart is uh, very firmly in the, uh, in the Bitcoin camp. And that, that is uh, what, we're, what we're most caring about. This is why we're betting so big on, uh, on Lightning, even though like volume-wise it's similar to, to Litecoin. <laughs> um, but we think that there is a lot of future in this and in the Lightning stuff. And, um, but in the present, people are using other things. And I think that it's, uh, it's important to, to be mindful of like just metrics and traffic and like where, where the real activity is. You know, most shitcoins have no activity, right? And we don't support most shitcoins. We, we have a very select number that have happened over, over time and history. And, um, but yeah, I think, uh, uh, I think uh, the growth of MetaMask uh, uh, and some of the other things in the Ethereum ecosystem is at least interesting to, to observe. You know, I disagree with a lot of the uh, the values of the DeFi stuff, but we have to also acknowledge that a lot of people use those things. You did mention your presentation from yesterday, and unfortunately, I was not able to attend it because I was watching Alekos Fellini talk about Taproot in another room. So I, I kind of feel bad, but now that I got to for the interview, I guess I can get a summary, hopefully. Sure. I mean, uh, I mean, I talk a lot about like understanding, uh, um, like when you're building, trying to build the circular economy. You, it's important to figure out who, who the customers are, right? And so, in in the Bitcoin world, we have, you know, the community, and so uh, or the the movement. Let's say people who care about uh, about Bitcoin, who come to conferences, people who probably listen to this, uh, will be part of of the Bitcoin movement, right? But there's also Bitcoin the tool. 
right? Uh, the people that use it as a tool uh, that don't particularly love it, right? Same way that, you know, hey, we use a microphone and a camera right now, and uh, maybe you, go, you do, but I don't go to camera conferences, right? It's, it's a thing, right? And there's a lot of people that use Bitcoin in that sense as a tool. Yeah, right, and so and some people are are in both of these camps, right? That they use they're part of the community, and use it as a tool, yeah, right? But there's a lot of people who are just uh, who, who are not. Like there's a lot of people in the Bitcoin community who don't use Bitcoin to make transactions on a regular basis, uh, right? And and so if you're building a circular economy service, you, it's it's a dumb idea to market it to people who don't want to use uh, the circular economy, right? Yeah, and so, uh, and then on the other hand, you have a lot of people that don't particularly care about Bitcoin. Um, they just, uh, hey, yeah, I needed to buy a thing or some guy paid me 50 bucks and now I have some Bitcoin or uh, whatever it may be, uh, right? And, and, and those people, they don't show up to conferences by definition, yeah, right? So we don't see them. Yeah, we, uh, and, uh, and so they don't hang out on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, and so I'm, I'm like tr trying to present. I was presenting like data, like based on, for example, which wallets people use, um, because you can, you know, if you know what kind of wallet someone uses, you can learn a lot of things <laughs> about the person. You know, like if I say someone who uses Chivo wallet, uh, you get a clear idea. It's someone in El Salvador, and they're not very savvy because they're using government wallet. Okay, right? It tells you a lot, <laughs> yeah, right? Or if I tell you someone is uh, uses. Uh, uh, MetaMask, or if I say that someone uses Exodus, or t tell you someone uses Wasabi Wallet, yeah, right? You 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 get a certain idea yeah, of a persona, yeah, of what kind of things that they do. So I presented a bunch of data based on uh, the the wallet data that we have at Bitrefill of, of what what wallets and and, and coins people actually use uh, to buy stuff. Uh, sort of trying to to help. People who are in the on the community side have us to see a picture uh, of the people that use Bitcoin uh, as a tool uh, and how to think about them and sort of like think about how to uh, to reach those as well. Um, because um, I mean, it's a philosophical question of like, sure, we want Bitcoin to take over the world, but is it required for that? that the entire population of the world becomes a Bitcoiner, hangs out on conferences and, and the Bitcoin Twitter. Uh, I think realistically, most people are not. Most people are going to be users of the tools and don't particularly care about it. Same way as, I mean, I used to go to internet conferences, right? Uh, nowadays, it's silly and nobody particularly goes to internet conferences and we're all addicted to our iPhones, but we don't go to iPhone conferences, right? A tool is, is valuable because it is useful to, to, to people, but, but then it requires marketing, right? And that marketing is slightly different than the community marketing that you have in the, in the Bitcoin community. Right, and so, so you, like when you're building a service, you need to, to be clear if you're building something that is for for the movement, right? And there's there's companies and services and things that are very like specifically uh, for people that hang out on Bitcoin Twitter, right? Uh, but there's also the things and services that are for people that use Bitcoin. And uh, use is like very key phrase here, right? Like not not love, <laughs> use, you know, um, uh, like a tool. Um, and uh, that's something that's often not 
not talked about because again at conferences we're we're all parts of the movement and we have love for it and so we kind of assume that the universe is is like that uh, but uh, the bitcoin universe is much bigger than that uh, and uh, i think it's important to uh, to be aware uh, of uh, what this actually looks like sergey there are people out there who will tell you that gift cards and buying stuff to live on bitcoin is peak fiat and you should treat bitcoin only as digital gold something that you should save something that you should never spend there are people who take pride into not spending any bitcoin and they say okay since i started stacking i haven't sold one single unit and by the way i prefer bits as opposed to sats but that can be a different conversation but how do you react to the fact that there are people against the idea of a circular economy and they would rather, instead of selling Bitcoin, borrow dollars and therefore increase the demand for the US dollar and keep it alive as opposed to using Bitcoin as a liberation tool? Do you think that there is an ideological opposition or do you see like a middle ground between the two categories? So I, I think you, you need to think about like on an ideas level and on a like people's level. Uh, on the ideas level, I think that the idea is wrong because uh, uh, if you can't transfer Bitcoins, if you can't transact with it, if you can't use it as money, if Bitcoin is only a tool that you buy on a, on a centralized exchange and a bank, uh, and then you send it again to, to a bank, then we don't need to save the bankers. <laughs> then the bankers will be fine, uh, right? So, um, and, and, and uh, I do also don't believe this whole, just wait for hyper-Bitcoinization and then all of the problems uh, are going to magically solve itself in a messianic uh, time and we'll all end up in citadels and all, all of that stuff. No, like progress happens gradually. Everything that, you know, everything that is being discussed, this discussion, like, Satoshi addressed this in 2010. It's not new, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's it's the basic stuff, and, and most of it was discussed in the first six months of uh, of Bitcoin, and it's still being discussed. So on ideas level, no, absolutely, I I firmly believe that uh, b in order for Bitcoin to be useful, even as a store of value, it needs to be freedom money, and Bitcoin cannot be freedom money if it doesn't circulate in an economy where there are steps that don't necessarily require a financial institution. Uh, I very firmly believe that and on ideas level, so I would say that I would disagree uh, with that idea. Now, on a human level, uh, if someone is like, yeah, well, you know, I have a lot of fiat, uh, you know, I don't have, it's not like I'm going to buy Bitcoin for all of my money, so I still have a lot of fiat, but I want to get more Bitcoin, but I don't know, and I don't know, Americans, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, uh, they, they really they really like fiat, you know, and uh, and on a human level, I think that we need to remember that Bitcoin is a tool for freedom. Which free and freedom means that you can do whatever the fuck you want with it, and if you don't want to do something, you shouldn't, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm not in the camp of like moralizing that oh people should otherwise there's not gonna be a circle. No, you know like look on an individual level, do what you want. 
You know, if you want to stack SaaS, great. I can recommend a bunch of services that let you do that in a really good way. Uh, you know, you don't want to spend your Bitcoin? Sure, don't do that. You know, hey, you know, give it a couple of years and eventually they're going to be worth more. And then at that time, you're very welcome to come to BitRefill. We're still going to be, even in that world, we're still going to be the number one place to spend your Bitcoin. And yeah, we'll be happy to welcome you then. Um, you know, so... Um, because of this movement thing, there's a lot of moralizing, right? There's all kinds of moralizing. You know, you shouldn't uh, eat seed oils or, you know, like you should run a node. You should do this and that and the other. Uh, and, uh, you know, I actually think that it's good to have values and say that, you know, these things are good. But I don't think we should be moralizing because deep down, Bitcoin is do whatever the fuck you want money. Uh, and, uh, and, and that is more valuable. Yeah, and uh, and so I think that if we want people to do something, uh, that we you know it's a marketing challenge, right? How do you get people to do a certain thing? Well, you have to make it exciting. Uh, you have to make people to want it. Uh, and I don't think that it's a successful strategy to guilt people into feeling like, oh no, I I was stacking these stats, but. Oh, now I have to be a part of the circular economy to make the Bitcoin go around and blah, 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 blah. Like, look, we have to make things uh, have to be really simple and easy to use. Uh, but it also has to be fun and exciting, uh, right, uh, for people to want to do these things. Uh, and that's where we're focusing our energy. Uh, and, uh, and that's the thing is that, like, there's a lot of people that are in the Bitcoin community uh, who are our dear friends. Uh, I say this with, you know, like uh, <laughs> no irony whatsoever that aren't customers. And you know what? Like if you have a shop, you will have your customers and you have your friends, uh, right? And you, uh, you give your, you buy your friends a beer because they're your friends. And that's what we do a lot in the, in the Bitcoin community movement and the sponsor uh, meetups and buy people beer uh, for those who are our friends. And if you're a customer, well, you can have a discount or whatever, right? But that, that's a different, uh, different thing. And it's, it's important to, uh, to be aware of who your customers are and who, who your friends are. And they can and do overlap to some extent, but they don't overlap perfectly, right? I mean, there's a lot of great Bitcoiners out there. There are great people and great friends that aren't using BitRefill. And sure, good on them, you know? I mean, it's not this absolutist thing that we need to force on people's uh, uh, throats. Everybody should do whatever is uh, is right for them. Uh, that's uh, what I think. But yeah, you know, when when there was the last year the, the Bitcoin pizza that you couldn't buy with Bitcoin, that was maybe a little bit too much. Uh, but that was on values level, I guess. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I, that's kind of my, my, my attitude on this. Yeah, just for the record, right now we are at Parallel Nepolis on the second day of the pizza day, and you could buy pizza for Bitcoin in here. And everybody did. Everybody paid their pizza, mostly with lightning, and it was amazing to see. And uh, I want to—I think if I can give a shout out to the people that are watching the show, I think that Parallel Nepolis in uh, in Prague, the uh, the Institute of Crypto Anarchy, is is sort of like a I want to say mecca but it's it's more than that because it's smaller but it's like it is part uh, of the heart of the cypherpunk uh, movement and the ideals and everything and uh, if there's one location that you travel to see I think this is one of those 
så ja. If you haven't been to Parallel Nepalis uh, and one of their events, uh, make sure to do so. Yes, and just so you know, the ones watching and listening, the first Bitcoin conference did not take place in the United States of America and were not made by the Bitcoin Foundation. The first one from 2010 or 2011 took place here in Prague. And there's a huge community. This place, Parallel Nepalis, is like a huge cafe where they have this beautiful studio. They have all sorts of rooms for conferences, for events. And as far as I know, they have very high maintenance costs that they must pay every month, both for rent, for utilities, for employees. But they also have Bitcoiners who are willingly sponsoring this operation so that it can keep on going. So it's really impressive that there's this spirit that they don't want to let die and they're keeping it alive. I know that they had some political struggles on the inside and they forked basically. But they're still keeping this alive. And I don't think that their internal conflicts were leaked to the extent that people lost faith or interest into what Parallel Nepalis means as spirit or organization. Yeah, I just want to add, I mean, like, I didn't even realize, but like this place has been running since the 70s. Like it predates Bitcoin by, by 30 years, you know, and they were already in the in the communist years, you know, talking about freedom of about privacy, about getting out of surveillance, which was, I guess, the the Czech equivalent of the, of the KGB, uh, financial freedom, and all of these things. And uh, now it's uh, it's about cryptography and, and cryptocurrency. Uh, and all of these things, and uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing place. I think we've given it a good amount of love now. <laughs> yes, because I want to move on and ask you, what's next for BitRefill? What kind of products or services do you want to provide? Are you going to focus more on bills, or are you going to focus more on adding more shops or options for you to buy gift cards? There's going to be a lot more from BitRefill, uh, both uh, things that uh, follow our current you don't even need an account model and also some things that are like more in the in the regulated camp where you actually do need to have an account and verify and all of that. Um, but I mean, we're working very steadily into the direction of, uh, you know, making it possible uh, to, to live on crypto. Uh, to make it fun, uh, to make, uh, uh, to make, you know, like Coinbase has alone like close to 100 million verified users, right? The circular economy is like uh, uh, probably like less than 1% of that. Um, that would be very generous, but yeah, I think it's significantly less than that even. Um, and. And I think that that's a good first challenge uh, for us uh, and for the other, uh, you know, entities and services and companies that uh, that we collaborate on on building the cir circular economy. Is like, okay, there's a couple hundred pe million people in the world that have had some kind of exposure to some kind of cryptocurrency. All right, let's convert them into like having a wallet, you know, using their wallet on a regular basis, you know, not as a thing that you do on a conference once every six months, but like uh, making making a world where it's as natural to open your uh, your Bitcoin wallet as it is to uh, to open your your regular old school credit card wallet, um, right? And and so 
what you should expect from Bitrefill, well, more of everything. There's going to be a lot more and better. Uh, gift cards, lightning services, uh, bill payment options in more countries, I think is... Uh, um, there's a couple of other things that are also in the pipe, but I don't want to pre-announce uh, everything. Uh, um, when, when it's ready, you're going to hear about it. Um, we're, uh, you know, we're a team uh, of uh, 50 people now. Um, uh, all working hard in, uh, in this direction and uh, uh, we're not slowing down. <laughs> yeah, so um, expect a lot of stuff uh, from us in the next year. Usually this is the part where I ask guests how they can be followed on Twitter and other social media stuff, also their companies. But I have something more specific to add because I know on Twitter your name is Zigzagmon. Zigamon. So it, okay, I thought it was Zigzagmon. It's Zigamon. But is that like a Digimon reference? It is actually a Digimon <laughs> reference. Uh, you, you get a point. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird name that someone gave me when we were drunk when, uh, in the late teenage years. And the, the Zigamon is, uh, is the Digimon that has uh, uh, the, the most bad taste in music. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, it became my internet handle uh, long before my, my, my Bitcoin days, and I've kept it around. And uh, it's funny, I have a hard to spell name, and then I have a hard to spell internet handle. So I guess you guys are screwed. Uh, but if you really do want to follow me uh, for whatever reason, I think that next to this video, I guess below or maybe down to the right, there's going to be a link uh, to, to find those things. And, so just click those and it'll be great. And uh, I'm a very open and interactive person. Thank you very much, Sergey, And I very much look forward to whatever you're doing with BitRefill. So thanks. I hope this was caught on camera. It was. I had 30 more seconds. This nice. Was like becoming professional. Like clockwork. Do you watch the, did you watch the clock or do you like have an intuition for about 15 minutes? Intuition. I guess you've done a few of this. I did, and but sometimes... exchange where you deal with honest and hard money. There is no fiat on-ramp or off-ramp and you get to diversify your Bitcoin portfolio into gold or silver when you sense that a bearish moment is coming. Also, you can instantly trade your gold for Bitcoin to buy the dip. And if you're into gold custody, Voltoro can also send you the gold that you own directly from their insured Swiss vaulting facilities. Voltoro was launched in the aftermath of the Mt. Gox hack. So since 2015, they have published monthly glass books to prove that they own all the gold reserves and all of their customers' money. Sign up today by going to voltoro.com slash Bitcoin Takeover. Keep in mind that this is not financial advice and you are responsible for your own decisions.
Wasabi Wallet is the perfect Bitcoin privacy wallet. It's free, it's open source, it's available on Windows, macOS and Linux, and it offers groundbreaking Chamian coin joins, which makes your Bitcoin. Even if you do not use the coin join feature, you still benefit from a trustless experience with block filters, a hidden IP address via Tor, and easy management of your wallet outputs. After you deal with KYC exchanges like Coinbase, like Kraken, Binance, Gemini, or Bitfinex, you can remove the association between your identity and your Bitcoin address by performing a few rounds of coin joins. To find out more about the privacy benefits and limitations of coin joins, listen to Bitcoin Takeover Podcast Season 6, Episode 6 with Max Hillbrand. And if you want to give Wasabi a try, go to wasabiwallet.io and download the wallet for free. Wasabi Wallet, a Bitcoin privacy wallet for the Citadels.